Mine's good. Come on, Brent. Life's good. Got real close. Got hair high, right? Try and hit two thirds. Have they saved it for her? Yes, they have. Ooh. Welcome to Games of Zones, everybody. I am Sean Graham. Scott, alongside, as always. Hello, Scott. Sean, what's up? Coming to you nearly live. Thank you. From the Ottawa Curling Club tonight. Uh, following a great Scotty's Tournament of Hearts final. Uh, not such a great game for us, but uh, no need to dwell. Well, there's no cameras here, so it doesn't matter what, uh, what we did. But what does matter is what happened out in Calgary over the past 10 days. The Scotty's got a changing of the guard of sorts with the old guard coming back as Rachel Holman captures her fourth Scotty's title, defeats Jennifer Jones in the final Broad strokes, what are your takeaways from the week? Uh, broad strokes, Sean. Uh, Rachel Holman dominant this week, continuing her in-season dominance uh, that started in the cash spiel circuit through the fall, three Grand Slam victories, uh, and they follow it up here with a perfect 11-0 week at the Scotties. Uh, the only other team to be 11-0 at the Scotties, Rachel Holman, 2014. So uh, just sort of building on her own mi- myth yeah. Not, not really a, a myth, her, her own legend, <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah, just totally dominant, best team of the week, definitely deserved to win. Yeah, I think actually that 2014 one would have been 13-0. and That's right. An 11-game round robin and then the two playoff wins in the 1-2 game and then in the final. And I, I think I put in our group chat with Rocks Cross Upon on Thursday something of she's got that look in her eyes. And that's when it sort of felt to me that she was really going to win. The only time I kind of doubt it was Saturday night a little bit where they kept playing the runbacks, the big heavyweight, and they weren't making contact in the house in a lot of those ones. And it really did feel like Jennifer Jones's game to win. Ultimately, it didn't really matter that much. Jones gets the game against Kate Cameron on Sunday afternoon. But of all the games we saw, I feel like Saturday night against Jones, where they were the most threatened to be defeated, maybe a little against Kerry Galusha and the opening draw, but otherwise it was just pure dominance all week. Absolutely, and that uh, 1-2 game, I mean, we can talk about it a little bit more, but early contender for a game of the year? Really good. It, it was an exceptional game and definitely should be on the list for game of the year. I, I never liked that when the end is a miss, it's yeah. always a bit of a downer, but at least it was the last rock of the game, you know? Like, mm-hmm. we can talk about the, the game last night, but at least in that scenario, Rachel put the rocks in the absolute perfect spot. Mm-hmm. And Jen had a really tough shot, makeable, but really tough, and just couldn't pull it off. So, uh, a wonderful game Saturday night, and it's certainly game of the year so far. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I watched uh, the last two ends live, went back, watched the repeat uh, after that. Yeah, a lot of made shots and then a lot of very, like, very close misses by by Team Homan. It was sort of, uh, this was maybe the opportunity, the only opportunity to get to them. Uh, She made a beautiful draw in the 10th to tie that sort of Okay, well, actually, sorry, let's talk about that. Okay, let's do it. So in the uh, press scrum, in the media scrum after the game, she talked about how... And the question was preface, like, oh, you made that draw in 10. Did she? Because if it's not rubbing off of the stone in the top 12 foot, 
it's too deep and she doesn't make it. And they weren't initially calling it to rub. The, it was, the shot call was a cold draw. Mm-hmm. So she missed the call. They audibled a bit to the sweep. And, but even with the sweep, I don't think they were sweeping to rub. They were sweeping to get by. So was that a pure make or was it a sort of fortuitous break make? Yeah, maybe may a fortuitous break, but uh, it's the kind of break that you get when you're that good. Uh, the the sweeping call, I think was I think it was pretty close. Uh, it, it seemed to me like once it once it was past that guard, uh, it was going to work, and uh-huh. that, that little spin at the end, that spin in, is really what made it. But uh, you know, a, a team shot. All in all, like yeah. uh, she can throw it however she throws it, and the team managed it. And at the end, it wound up on the pin. So maybe, maybe a little bit lucky, but you got to be good to be lucky. That's true. And uh, they they wind up tying it there. And then in the eleventh end, Sean, maybe maybe Glenn coming out talks Jennifer out of what she wants to play. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, we saw that Saturday night. We saw it again last night in the final where. Glenn comes out, big spot, really game on the line, and says, this is what you should do, and, and makes essentially the call that Jen and the team, but mostly Jen, are leaning towards one thing, and Glenn calls something else. And they go with what Glenn says. I get it, four-time world champion, but he's not the one in the hack. right? And I am a very firm believer that the person in the hack has to be the one who ultimately makes the decision because I don't care what the call is. If they're talked into it, they're much less likely to actually make the shot. So I really didn't like that. I don't like this coaching strategy of do this. Right. And Reed Carruthers does it a little with Anderson, but that seems to be their arrangement and it works for them. But Glenn and Jen, it's only been a couple of years together. Maybe that's the arrangement they have, but Jennifer Jones is the greatest women's skip of all time in conversation with the greatest skip of all time. I mean, in that conversation potentially with Glenn Howard, but yeah, I mean, she knows what she's doing. And I get that certainly last night, okay, if you play a hit there, Rachel has a draw to win the game, but the draw, like, it was just so hard. And I, I really just don't like talking a thrower into a shot that they might not be believing. Yeah, if you frame it in the sense of have you thought of the draw rather than you have to make the draw. Yeah, you got to play that. Yeah. Yeah. That's not great. I I mean, you know, that's just styles of coaching, right? And they know each other. They know what they're getting in for uh, with that arrangement. But to me, yes, I, I wouldn't go out there and say do this. Yeah. That's that's sort of a junior coaching yes s- s- sort of thing, right? Yeah. Um, that said, I don't think he was wrong on, on either of them. On well, uh, he, but he was. You know, he he was because she's not she didn't make either of them, and it's not necessarily a results based thing. But she expressed doubt even after he said it, right? And mm-hmm. if the person is sitting in the hack with doubt, they're not going to make the shot, right? So that. Once he, he says, okay, like last night, all right, you got to come around, you got to make the draw. And then if she comes back and says, well, I could still do this, and she's still looking at the hit, 
Like, I, I firmly believe she would have made the hit. Doesn't mean she would have won the game. Right. But it makes Rachel throw her last. Yeah. And by talking her into the draw, it creates a higher po- probability that she's going to miss. And that is what I don't really like in that dynamic of coming out, telling them you have to do this. Yeah, that's uh, that's totally fair. Uh, I think, in my opinion, the shots that he suggested were the correct strategic calls. Yeah. But you're right in the sense that if she's not going to make it, then it's not the right call. Right. Uh, that said, it is Jennifer Jones. She can make any shot. Obviously. But she does have to believe in it. And, I mean, Jennifer Jones' last Scotty's greatest of all time Yes, I say, but she was pretty bad yesterday. With draws. She was terrible with draws yesterday. You saw it in the game against Kate Cameron. She was 0% on her draws, and then she missed another draw, and for some reason they gave her a couple points for it. I don't fully understand that. So it was an all-day thing that she was heavy in the afternoon, light in the evening, and she just didn't have draw weight. I think that's another reason I didn't like the call in the moment. We watched right. the game together, and I think yeah. I said, I don't like this. Because she had struggled all day with the draw weight. If she had been making draws all game, all day, okay, I guess. And maybe she would have looked at the draw then and would have called it on right. her own if she was making draws all day. But she was missing draws all day. So another reason why it's maybe not the way to go. Yeah, no, to- totally fair. Uh, and, and sort of sad is maybe too strong a word, but for her last shot in the Scotties to be a miss. Yeah. And then Rachel doesn't even have to throw her last. You know, uh, we talked about it last night. That's not going to be a game where you show the final no. shot again and again, like her triple in 2005, yeah. all those sorts of things. So yeah. a, bit, a bit of a sour note uh, to go out on, but that said, she got a great ovation, brought her kids out. Uh, you know, spoke to the crowd. Uh, really nice, really nice. Yeah, it was a really nice end for Jennifer Jones. I mean, don't have to get too much in depth with it, but you can see how Jennifer throughout the week was um, sort of uh, embracing certain players and certain skips throughout the course of the week and how the end of that game took place. I'm not – you can sort of read into what all that means, that what the rivalry is between those two players and the, the extent of it, which is great, and they want to beat each other. And I don't know. You just – I think you take note that the game's over. It wasn't that long before Jen was in the middle of the ice acknowledging the crowd. And we talked about this in the preview of what happens. Yeah. But it was in the context of if it was Kerry Anderson, and Kerry Anderson is just – broken a, a record. record how does the end of the game play out this is kind of what i thought it would be and jen rightly gets a, a wonderful ovation from the crowd great mm-hmm. moment good interview with brian mudrick uh, there as well good job by mudrick letting the crowd sort of play into it and sort of figure out what the pace of that was going to be mm-hmm. uh, but yeah i i think would have been nice if she had won the game, I guess, but then we don't have to deal with who's going to skip this team when they come back. Who's Pat Simmons yes. on the 2025 Scotties? Yeah, yeah, for sure. The The end of the game, you're right. Uh, we all noticed it. She hugged Carrie Galusha for a long time. 
Uh, she also hugged Her- uh, Heather Smith, Kate Cameron. <clears throat> yeah. Several others. <laughs> so, yeah, it, I mean, she had a great send-off. Uh, you're right, the interview with Mudrick was really good. Uh, getting a little choked up, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I was a little misty. I wouldn't say I was uh, choked up at all, but, you know, it's end of an era. Yeah. Uh, we've been around for that entire era, so uh, something for yeah. sure. Um, I want to go back a bit, though, to the, the last game they played against Kerry Galusha uh, and the Northwest Territories. A uh, pretty classy move, I think, of, of Jennifer shaking after nine so that... Uh, the game can end, and Joanne Rizzo, jo- Rizzo can the uh, the silent curling assassin, yeah, a stone cold makes a beautiful in off to score, and then we get one of my favorite hot mic curling moments of all time when Gary Galusha says to Jennifer Jones, "Don't play like that tomorrow," <laughs> <laughs> which was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I really love that. Uh, but yeah, you can see the connection between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get Joanne Rizzo going out on an amazing shot, and I mean, credit I guess to the TSN crew for following her around. But she afterwards, they're following her, and she's trying to sit down behind the scoreboard to take her shoes off. And jokingly, she's like, "Guys, you really have to shoot this." It's just <laughs> like leaning on the chair to sit down. Uh, but yeah, a really nice. Uh, Way out. Same thing, uh, Danielle Inglis, too. Mm-hmm. Her last game on Thursday, they decided to shake, and you could hear Danielle say, Well, if we shake now, we can walk down the ice and, <laughs> and have that moment, which was really cool yeah. uh, for them. So, a, a few nice moments there on the way out for some of these players. You don't, like, Joanne Rizzo is done, Jennifer Jones is, jo- is done, we think. Danielle Inglis. It's been a long journey for her to get here. Who knows if she can get back? So it was nice to see those people who are widely acknowledged as good people in the sport to have those moments in front of a knowledgeable and appreciative curling crowd. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Danielle also picked up the Sportsmanship Award for the week. So congratulations to her on that. Uh, We'll pivot, Sean, quickly to some of the other playoff teams. Sure. Uh, Kate Cameron came out with lasers in her eyes uh, Friday and Saturday. Sort of, you know, ran into a speed bump there Sunday. But uh, overall, a yeah, good building year for this team. Yeah, I'd say giving up five in a first end, bit of a speed bump. Uh, not ideal. Not ideal. But, I mean, she, she didn't, like, make a terrible mistake to give that up. It was just rolling to the absolute wrong spot right. give up that made double. it possible. Yeah. And that was Jennifer Jones, like, one four out of four for the day, maybe, <laughs> uh, where she made it. And that, to be honest, that's all she needed. Yeah, but a, a good week for that team. Certainly with a Taylor McDonald being out uh, compared to what was happening in the provincial championship. When you have a lineup change from provincials to Scotties, that's really tough, especially with a player who is a skip with Kelsey Rock going down to play second. That's a, a very significant change for her in terms of the expectations, the shots, sweeping. Uh, so really good week for them. And you got to like what you're seeing out of Manitoba for sure for playoff teams uh, there out of Manitoba. So a really good week for Kate Cameron, bronze medal. Great debut for her as a skip at the Scotties. No question about that. Selena Sturme, wonderful week for them. Wondered throughout the week if it was a bit of smoke and mirrors in terms of the percentages and how they were playing 
kind of caught up to them a bit at the end of the week, losing to Stacey Curtis mm-hmm. the way they did. But, you know, you, you kind of saw it against Christian McCarville. They have the big comeback. Like, a lot of talent there. Just got to hone it in. You expect them. Alberta's wide open-ish on the women's side. Yeah. So, you, you, you know, you expect them to have a good run here if they choose to stay together. So, really like them. And on the other two teams, okay, I'm going to have to go back and listen, Scott. I predicted Kerry Anderson would not make the playoffs. Pretty sure I said in the bold preview epi- or bold predictions episode that playoffs meant the page part. Okay. So I think I got that right. Uh, obviously a very tough week for them. We haven't talked about the Brianne Harris situation on the show. Mm-hmm. Tough. We're not going to speculate. We don't know what happened. We'll let Warren Hansen speculate uh, for all of us. But tough situation for them. Great for Kristen Carwicki to come out, first-team All-Star. Yeah. But you could get the sense that it was weighing on them over the course of the week. I noticed Val Sweeting, her right leg, which is her the, the leg sliding that's, foot. the sliding foot, was shaking a bit over the course of the week. And she had a few speed wobbles, which you don't see from Val. So... Technically, I think she was off a bit all week. Her percentages were very good, but there's just something a little off for them. Uh, mm-hmm. Carrie never really had draw weight through the course of the week. We saw that a few times. Yeah. So they didn't qu- ever really quite get it together the way we've seen over the past four years. But they also won four in a row. So you know, no one's ever won five in a row. I think there's a reason for that. Definitely a reason. Uh, so overall, I think uh, a very good week for them. And the other team that was eliminated on Friday Caitlin was Caitlin Laws. Laws. They, I don't know what to make of them. And that, or really that whole pool at, the, at that yeah. part. Yeah, you have five teams at four and four. Really tough to kind of judge any of them. I don't know if the ice was super tough, but that pool in particular seemed to really struggle to pick up on it. Mm-hmm. So first time for Caitlin with those four together. I said it when they put this team together. I don't think I've been convinced otherwise. I think she's too good to be a skip. Hmm. I think the totality of what she brings to a team is better served with sweeping. Being that conduit between the front and back end. And being the best third in the world. Again, even if she's going to throw last, I I would understand that. She's a great thrower. But Mm -hmm. we saw some potentially questionable strategy decisions I, I just don't know. Growing pains, but we'll see on that side. But, mm. you know, I, I think overall the right four teams were the, the page teams. I think so too, yeah. With with Caitlin Laws, a bit of a stubbing their toe out of the gate, right? Uh, they were 0-2 right away. Basically couldn't lose anymore. Got fortunate that uh, some other teams came back to them. Uh, did well in their draw shot challenge, which is always good. Yeah. Krista McCarville, a team that I, in the bold prediction, said they would yeah. not make the playoffs. They yeah. didn't. Uh, it seemed like the, uh, the the mix with uh, Andrea there at third wasn't quite the secret sauce. And rotating out their front-end players didn't seem to be to their advantage. Nobody had the, the time it would... It sensed to me that nobody had the time to really f- get a feel for everything and really run like that well-oiled machine we're used to seeing. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes uh, next year uh, with that team, whether they're, they're bringing it back. I think so. 
But playing more together, I think, is going to have to happen if they want to make some noise at the trials. Yeah, I think that's the, the interesting thing about that team is that for years and years and years, of course, they don't play a lot on tour, which great. And when you've played together for 15 years, that's fine. But when you're adding in a new player mm-hmm. who doesn't live near you, yeah. it is really tough to figure out the communication, figure out understanding how each person throws that you can recognize for line calls. And they're really just off. And, and Krista, it was a lot of the intern stuff for Krista. Mm-hmm. And it was, I think, a mix of Andrea not seeing it a lot so far. And then Krista just really struggling with the ice. I think the fact that they had the full day off on whether it was Monday or Tuesday, I can't remember, actually was very beneficial to them. Just mm-hmm. get away for the day because they were really struggling early in the week. So... See what happens next year in Thunder Bay. Yeah. We saw it with Jake, or not Jake, with uh, Gushu, excuse me. Uh, the first couple games when it was in St. John's was a struggle for him. See how they do in Thunder Bay with fans. Right. They played in Thunder Bay a couple of years ago. Without fans. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes for them. Of course, they have to get there first. But let's not dismiss the entirety of the field in Northern Ontario. Yep. Got to win it. Uh, but uh, it, it'll be curious to see with an extra year under their belt uh, how it all comes together for them. But uh, certainly a disappointing week for them. A couple other teams were disappointing, I think, or will be disappointed in the week over there on that 4-4 four and four cluster. Yeah. Certainly, like Laurie St. George, for instance, uh, they really struggled, didn't have it together. Man, she plays aggressively. Yeah. You love to see it. Somewhere Suzanne Bird is smiling <laughs> that uh, <laughs> someone is taking on that legacy. Uh, but it can, it can work for you and it can bite you and bite her, bit her a few times this week. Uh, but yeah, that, that was a fun pool uh, overall. Mm-hmm. So it was more interesting than the other pool because it, it kind of was, everyone was kind of in flux. Yeah. Whereas in pool B, it was, is going to be Kate Cameron? Is going to be Clancy Grandy? That ended up being the, essentially the first playoff game Thursday night. Yeah. Uh, but over in, in pool A, there's just a lot more in flux. Yeah, and, and uh, we didn't talk about Clancy Grandy. Uh, another good week for them. Yeah. I think they're building on that, uh, building on last year, building on that performance. Uh, disappointing to lose that last game, but uh, you know, at five and two through seven, uh, they'll take that any day of the week. So that's uh, our quick rundown. Any other things you want to say from the Scotties? A really good job by Calgary. I really like yeah. the the crowd. Uh, really getting behind Bailey Scoffin, for instance. You, you got you love to see that. Uh, she gets that win in the last draw. Mm-hmm. That was really cool to see. I think also they were behind people like uh, DiCarlo out of PI. Yeah. A lot of support for them. They obviously struggled over the course of the week. Not the only team to not get a win, uh, but just. Still a lot of love, support for them. Stacy Curtis with that win over Alberta. Mm-hmm. They were still cheering and stuff, even though it was against Alberta. So really good job by Calgary. That building was full. It's that debate of, okay, like you used to put these in bigger buildings that were full-ish and full on the weekends, or is this, which is okay, but is it better to go mostly full over the course of the week and then sold out on the weekend in a smaller venue? I thought... From afar, for TV purposes, it was better. Yeah. So really good job. Still mildly surprised that nobody walked into the building and just walked out after having the bubble (laughs) experience there. And uh, we'll get it now in the future. The next, uh, uh, they announced 
2025 and 26 events in this building. Okay. So we're going to get a lot more of the wind sport. Thank you, Cheryl Bernard, I guess. <laughs> Bit of an inside connection there mm-hmm. uh, to get that. But it is a really good venue. Uh, for, so overall, really good job, Calgary. Really enjoyed it. It's my favorite event of the year. I'm kind of sad it's over. But really good, really good event. Yeah, really good event. And I'll just say quickly, you know, having Vic gone for the first couple of days, I said, oh, man, is this is this what it's going to be? Kathy did a great job filling in. Then when Brian got there, uh, you know, he's a pro, can always do a good job. I really thought that Joan Courtney was quite good this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, Her broadcast partners really brought her into the broadcast, uh, asked her questions. She was like. Uh, a lot of insightful comments, uh, just really, really good. So I think the future is bright there. Yeah, and I did take note that a couple games they put her, whether it was her schedule, because I know she had her kids with her, if it was her mm-hmm. choice or it was Tia Zen's choice, they put her in the morning with Kathy and Brian. And when you talk about the future, clearly they're teeing up Brian to be the voice of curling whenever Vic chooses to retire. And God forbid that day should ever come. Mm-hmm. But when that does eventually come, they're, they're teeing up Brian for it. And by putting Joe with him in the morning, get some reps, the two of them together. Yeah. So if they're looking at her long term, if it can work with her schedule, uh, professionally and personally, that would be great. Obviously, Jennifer Jones is, seems to be now available and someone will give her a chair. Yeah. But Joe and Courtney has been uh, a really good addition to the team. I don't know if she's doing the briar. I don't know if she travels outside of Alberta. Uh, hopefully she does because it is a, a really strong team with her there. Yeah, for sure. After like uh, you know a tough start with the Olympics, uh, doing it remotely, doing it in a bubble, uh, barriers between her and her colleagues, uh, not as good. But uh, this week, yeah, really good. And a really good Scotties overall. Yeah, really uh, a lot of fun. And I enjoyed it. I hope you all enjoyed it. And... Now we turn the page, Scott, to the Montana's Briar, the first ever Mm. Montana's Briar. We were just talking. We don't know yet. We haven't seen a photo. What do you think the button will be? I think it's going to be that uh, sort of weird, not weird, that Montana's (laughs) logo that's on the outside of their steakhouse. Like it's it's not what's in the the tournament logo. Yeah. With that sort of generic font, but the Montana's font. That's what I think it'll be. And, Sean, we might even just go to Montana's next week. We might. Do a podcast from the table while we're eating wings. Yeah, Half Price Wings on Mondays. We learned every commercial break this week. <laughs> and uh, we'll learn it again uh, for the next one. Uh, fun little fact here, just to tease for what's coming up in the spring. There are enough new curling commercials that we are bringing back the curling commercial power ranking episode. Yes. That is 100% coming back. Uh, we have some thoughts. So <laughs> keep an eye out for that. Keep an eye out for our Briar preview. That'll be out later this week. And if you want to listen to that and anything else we got going on, do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, likes, rates, comments, all that other stuff. Helps us out, helps other people find the show. Everything is available at gamestonespod.com, past episodes, plus a link to the merch. It's going to be warm here in Ottawa, chilly for 30 hours, and then warm again. So you might not need some of the heavier stuff, but we're getting into T-shirt weather again Mm -hmm. uh, in February, which is weird. But uh, if you need stuff, head on over to GameofStonesPod.com. It's all there. We're on the socials at GameofStonesPod, GameofStonesPodcast on Facebook. And if you want to reach out, GameofStonesPodcast at gmail.com. Scott, 
five seconds to describe tonight's game against Team Peter Lake. Well, I don't want to get an explicit text. So I'll just say brutal. <laughs> it was uh, it was suboptimal for sure, but. You got to buy next week, as you say. Maybe go to Montana's, reset, have a little team bonding. Yeah. Last four games, if we win them all, we're in the club championship. And, uh, you know, so it's on our racket. No reason we can't do it. Other than talent and ability. <laughs> so uh, with that, we will wish you all a wonderful evening here from the Ottawa Curling Club. As I say, we'll be back with you later in the week for our Briar preview. But until then, keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final...